all aboard for the movie The Firm. What do you think? Now, you picked this movie. I texted you oh, and I said. Oh, I don't even, I don't totally remember. I texted that. you and I said, what Tom Cruise movie? I want you on the podcast. Yes. And now that you're here, you're so But nervous. is that the first one? Because I I haven't seen, there's a lot of Tom Cruise movies I haven't seen. I know. Well, it's probably so not I the feel first like one I might have named a few. And um, I was like, sorry, Taken. Yeah. Sorry, Taken. But, but, but we I'm landed on whatever. The Firm. What made you think of The Firm? Because I, I don't know. Well, and, and it's funny. I've never, I've obviously never seen it. Um, and I feel like I don't remember when it came out, but it must have come out when I would have been too young to see it. 1993. Yeah. So I was definitely too young to see it. Um, but I always, but I know like John, I've never read the book either, but John Grisham books are, are always just like iconic yeah. and great. So why not? Yeah. I don't know. So if you had to guess, it's called The Firm. What do you think it's about? Real, I think it's about a law firm. Okay. Um, but that's really all. Like, I don't know anything of the plot. I just know everybody says it's great. Yeah. Um, and John Grisham's great. But I don't, like, I really, other than it, I think it's about a law firm. But other than it being about a law firm, like, I don't even know, like, is it about a case? Is it about, I don't know, something that goes on within the employees at the firm? Like, I, I really have yeah. no, I don't even know where it takes place. Like, Have you read any John Grisham novels? I have not. Me neither. All right. Well, then we're on the same page. <laughs> then we're on the same page. So I was going to be like, so what plot line from another John Grisham novel do you yeah. think? No, yeah. No, I have nothing. I honestly, like, I've seen this movie once. It oh, was okay. like on Netflix. Yeah. Like five years ago or something. It was like a Friday night. I wasn't doing anything. And I was like, oh, I've heard about this movie. And it's Tom Cruise. I like Tom Cruise. So yeah. I'll watch it. And um, it is two and a half hours long. So it's a commitment. Yeah. Um, and I remember being like, that was great. Oh, really? Yeah, like I remember oh, okay. getting like being done with it and I was like, that's a really good movie. And well, nobody even ever when talks I told, about that. When I told my brother that I was doing it and we were doing The Firm, um, he was like, oh man, like it was like I was so lucky. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know that he had seen it or I didn't, I don't I mean, not that I know every movie he sees, <laughs> right, but, right. Um, but yeah, he seems like really excited for that to be Well, I movie. feel like it might be the most forgotten Tom Cruise. Like, yeah, I don't think... Like, I, if you ask me to name... That's why I'm trying to remember how it even came about that I suggested it. Because if you ask me to name Tom Cruise movies, I feel like I would name a million before naming... The Firm. This one. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe you would give me suggestions. I forget. But, but like, I almost... I could almost forget that he's that he's in it. Yeah. Um, I think when I think... For some reason, when I think Tom Cruise, I think of Mission Impossible, obviously. Or right. I think of Cocktail, which I've never seen. Um, or Top Gun. <laughs> or I think of... Um, the a few good men i know i think that was the first one you were like "Ooh, a few good men and i was like "Ooh, taken yeah so but yeah. other than that like yeah i don't even like i almost forget that he's in the firm i know which he's a lawyer in a few good men yeah so it's like the same it'll be interesting to see which and that came out a year before this movie came out oh okay so like he really almost stereotyped himself into playing lawyers his Being whole career lawyer. yeah so all right well there's only one way to find out here we go and that's to watch the movie so i'm excited we'll be back in two and a half hours. Yeah, really? My goodness. <laughs> I hope I stay awake. I will maintain the confidence and preserve inviolate the secrets of my client. I will maintain the confidence and preserve inviolate the secrets of my client. Mitch, the letter you got from Bendini, Lambert, and Locke was the only one sent out. We want you. Do you have a, an offer in mind? It includes a bonus schedule. And we'd lease you a new Mercedes. Plus a low interest mortgage. As in home? With grass around? A two car garage. 
These are nice people, Abby. Okay, I'm more impressed with it than you are. You grew up with it. Did you ever think I'd make a six-figure salary? Absolutely. Since we deal primarily in tax and securities, our clients are very wealthy. We keep each other's secrets. I don't want anyone with family money. I'm not sure I follow. They want you lean and hungry. If all your money comes from one source, then you tend to be very loyal to that source. Marty Kaczynski and Joe Hodges were killed. There was some kind of explosion on the boat. Kay was scared. Did you know the men who died? Yes. You must be overwhelmed with grief. People grieve in different ways, Miss McDear. You think I'm talking about breaking the law? No, I'm just trying to figure out how far you want it bent. As far as you can without breaking it. That room looks like a health hazard. That's four dead lawyers. None of them over the age of 45. Where are you guys? The FBI wouldn't have come after you if they didn't think they'd get to you. Now, what do you think made them think that? I have no idea. Well, they might know how important your young wife is to you. Anything's possible. I'll tell you one thing. If those guys at the stake joint were feds, you better watch out for them. We might be misreading McDear. You've got nothing to be suspicious about. I get paid to be suspicious when I got nothing to be suspicious about. Why are you asking questions about dead lawyers? What dead lawyers? I know you'll do your best to protect the firm. Won't you, Mitch? We have faith that you're going to be with us for a long, long time, Mitch. Fact is, nobody has ever left us. Nobody. Welcome to the Booth Cruise Podcast, Episode 8, The Firm, with my guest, Crystal LaRufa. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here. Um, you picked The Firm. We talked about it in the opening thing. What was your, what, what were your initial thoughts? Um, I'd, I mean, it was just, it was different than I thought. I thought it was going to be more, I didn't know, I had no idea what the plot was, like we said in the, right, yeah. in the, um, in the opening. So. Yes. I think it like I didn't think it was going to be anything. I thought it was going to be something within the firm, but I didn't know. I thought it was going to be more like following the characters or something like that. So it was very different than than he, I expected, but in a good way. Like yeah. I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Like you thought it was going to be like a case or something like that. Yeah, or just kind of or more like like soap opera e like following the oh, yeah. you know the people in the firm or some scandals or relationships or things like that, but not yeah. um, not like something this in depth. Yes. So um the director of this is Sidney Pollack who fun fact also directed Tootsie oh <laughs> so. quite a quite a different uh <laughs> different approach very different movie glad uh, uh versatility yeah I know right um and he's apparently like an actor too Sidney Pollack's like acted in a bunch of stuff yeah like I don't know so very multi-talented um the tagline for this movie is and I love this. This might be one of my favorite taglines I've ever seen. They made him an offer he should have refused. Nice. Isn't that great? So true. I know. Quite a callback. I loved that. And then the Rotten Tomatoes score was, there's a, it got a 75% tomato meter. So that's the critics. Oh. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that's not um, bad. But then a 64% um, audience score, which I would have thought it would have been higher. But maybe, yeah. the, maybe the length kind of deterred people. It is, yeah, it's a little, and it's I feel like it, long. I don't know that it needed to be that long. Like, I no, think they could have cut out a storyline or two. Yeah, that didn't really need to be yeah. there. But it is based on the novel, so I'm sure they tried to keep it as close to the novel as possible. Um, our drink for the episode is called the Memphis Queen, and um, it is 
I picked that cocktail because uh, the majority of the movie takes place in Memphis, Tennessee. So that's where the law firm is. Um, and it is two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of Midori, one ounce of peach juice, um, and then a peach wedge if you'd like to add for effect. Um, and we didn't extra, have a peach wedge. Extra peachiness. I would um, just like to point out. I love did peaches. Not- <laughs> and I didn't, and I got gypped on the peach wedge. I got no peach wedge, <laughs> um, but it was delicious. It was pretty good. I think the, yeah, it was an interesting color. I think I used a different melon liqueur than mm-hmm. I was supposed to. So we'll see if I can make it look better for the picture. Um, but let's do a brief rundown of, give us a brief rundown of the, the plot. Um, it's so, a lot. Yeah. There's, there's like a lot of angles. I mean, essentially he gets involved with a with a law firm that i guess is not um not so much on the up and up um but they kind of recruit him and uh and basically give him an offer that he can't refuse so he thinks it's great but it's really um you know it's it's not so great and then he it ends up affecting his whole life so yeah he like um so he's a law student at harvard and up in Boston. And so it's about that time where he starts looking around for jobs. He's interviewing for a lot of stuff. Um, he gets recruited by this firm in Memphis. And they basically offer him 20% higher than the highest offer he's gotten. Which, like you said, is an offer he can't refuse. Um, and like straight out of law school, I'm sure. that, And he hasn't even passed the bar yet. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So he gets there. They're basically like most of what he's doing is studying for the bar exam. So he has all these like mentors and things. Um, And then he has one guy, Avery, who is like his actual mentor. And he kind of drags him into this account that they have on the, on Grand Cayman Islands. And not a bad place to be dragged into. That's right. He's like, this is not so bad. Um, But basically like he finds out while he's there that something's up. Yeah. And he finds all those files in well, the house. Well, and two members of the firm are well, oh, yeah. suddenly pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and are obviously killed, but it's not obvious. It's, it's a diving accident, accident yeah, in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, we're going to the Cayman Islands. And he's like, really? Like, right after those two Is people the just best died? Idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they take some diving. He's like, yeah. um, are I you going know. to kill me? Um, and so he finds out they're talking to a client there. He mentions Chicago. The client does. And... Um, Tom Cruise's character Mitch is like kind of putting two and two together that something's not right Um, and he finds a closet full of files on the four lawyers that have all been ran like weirdly killed disappeared yeah yeah Um, and kind of starts figuring out that something's fishy but then the FBI like reaches out to him and they're they basically don't give him a choice yeah like they're like if you don't cooperate with us you're going to jail when we raid the firm like yeah that's kind of those like damned if you do damned if you don't because if you don't turn them in then you're then you're part of the bad guys right quote and And the fbi agent was like i mean if you don't want to you don't have to but like you're going to jail right but you're gonna (laughs) then we won't help you later right um which i thought was interesting and so it does kind of put him in a precarious position so then he goes back to the law firm and just tells them everything which i thought was very odd like that's not I don't know if I were him, I don't think that's the approach I would have taken. Like I would have just, if you're going to be in cahoots with the FBI, then, you know, start doing your things undercover. Like, I don't know. I don't know why he thought that was helpful. Yeah. I don't know if if he he was going to, if he was still planning to be with the FBI. 
Right. You know what I mean? If he was like, this is ridiculous, I'm sticking with the law firm, then you tell them. But if you're telling them, but also, I don't know if he thought, I don't know, I like kinda, almost beat them at their own game. Like, right. Like it'll but, like remove suspicion if he just like gets it out in the open. I don't and know. It's not like they find, it's like confessing something versus being caught, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of weird, but it worked. Yeah. I mean, to kind the of. degree that it could. Yeah um and then his brother is in prison so the fbi is kind of holding that over his head too like his parole hearing is coming up so if you want him to get out like Mm -hmm. you better cooperate with us um we later find out that his brother was accused of manslaughter but it sounds like it was maybe an accident like a bar fight it was just a bar fight yeah so it sounds like something that just got so he's like so he's trying to help his brother um his wife this whole time is like not thrilled yeah with anything that's happening she didn't want to move to memphis understandably so she's kind of like she's the only one who senses something shady going on with the law firm from the beginning right from the start yeah and they seem like it was almost i was even thinking like when they're first offering all them all that stuff like offering extra money it's like okay they're a smaller firm they're trying to get people in you know nobody's looking to go to memphis right when he's getting offers from new york and whatever um but then it like, I don't know, to me, I feel like, because they end up, like, they're, you know, giving him a house and giving, like, all these it's things. It's furnished, yeah. I feel like, to like, that would be, not that I would, I mean, I'm not claiming to be smart enough that I would hear that and say, oh my gosh, they're connected with the mob. Like, <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the two and two together. But it, it to me, it would, it, it was just giving them a lot of control. Yeah. And I feel like I or would like even look at them it, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Or even like, okay, well then if I don't stay with this firm, like now, even if I find another job, but like I have no house, I have no car. I've like, you're kind of so much is connected like to, to your one, employment yeah. there that it just seemed seemed a little like his whole life was wrapped up in yeah yeah yeah. and i think too i wrote in my notes like the law office is like palatial yeah like it's ridiculous i'm like that should have been a tip like it's a small law firm in memphis Memphis. yeah that's not the style it's like it's it's huge and it has columns and marble everywhere yeah (laughs) like weird and you're like where's all this money coming from like yeah you know what i mean so i thought that was i was like "Eh, yeah there's a lot of like things to which you were you pick up on stuff like that um, cause when they go to the Cayman islands, he basically cheats on his wife with yeah. this woman on the beach and you kind of called that it was, yeah, I have, I actually have it in my notes, um, that I said, is it like, is this a blackmail situation or are they setting him up for a blackmail situation? And like, later I wrote, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, which is, which I have to say, I'm not, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little cause I'm normally horrible at predicting things yeah, in movies yeah, yeah. and usually something will happen and everybody's like oh yeah of course and i'm like what <laughs> like i'm completely <laughs> surprised so i'm somewhat impressed that i that i picked up on something um and i also had put in my notes i wonder when they were moving into the house again the fact that everything was kind of owned and orchestrated by the firm i had is i wonder if the house is bugged <gasps> oh my gosh um, look at you i know and that and it was which is again so bizarre for me but it, it was just the idea that everything is theirs and if he's moving into a place that belongs to them yeah you don't know what was set up ahead of time like, well that's and like creepy. when they're putting the phone in and he's like ma'am yeah. what do you want on speed dial and he's like oh no we do all the installations for the firm we know their number and yeah like, that's weird and like why would you say like i can set up my own speed dials like yeah like do you want me to say you know like oh well my mom's number you know right, like yeah i don't know that just seemed it was and odd. i feel like his wife was picking like was just like this is just a little odd and even yeah. when they were talking to the other people like the other wives in the firm like it was very much like a family which in some ways it's like oh how cute like we all work together but like we're also family but it was kind of like 
a little too far. Like, it oh was, yeah, well, she comes. You know, she's like, they said, like we we don't forbid you to work and we encourage children. Yeah, and, and she's like, like, why are you commenting on my life at all? Right. Like, like my personal, personal life. Yeah. Well, and they yeah. kept saying too, like it's weird that he didn't bring his brother up in the interview. And you were like, who talked? Who about brings up a brother in an interview? So I have a brother. <laughs> um, by the way, yeah, and even and I even picked up on when they had the two. Um, the two lawyers that died slash got killed yeah. initially. And then when they're at the funeral, and I don't know, maybe this is just me or just a difference in times, but like his wife was there. Like, I don't know if one of my coworkers passed, unless we were like friends outside of work, I wouldn't bring like a significant other to the funeral. Yeah, you know what I mean? True, like, yeah. unless you're kind of involved with your families, but they really weren't. But it was like this, again, this idea, like all of them had their spouses there, but it's like this like tight knit. We're all together. Like close. This, yeah. yeah. Um, but then you find out Which they're all harboring bizarre. a secret, so it's like they are kind of tight knit. Well, and you think the wives knew, like, no? I don't, I don't know. know. I wonder. Yeah, so you basically find out that through the whole FBI thing, that the firm actually represents the biggest mob family in Chicago. And they're basically like doing their money laundering and tax evasion and all that crap for them. Yeah. Um, and so they he basically has to make the decision like what am i gonna do like mm -hmm. am i gonna basically like f like follow my like what i've promised as a lawyer oh he passed the bar exam that happens in there somewhere of course which seems it's like very much a plot device of him like taking his like oath as like a lawyer yeah um well and the, the other thing i thought too is and i don't know and this didn't really like come to fruition so i don't know if this was kind of thinking a little too far into it but like he takes the bar in tennessee and like when you're barred like you're barred by state so oh, yeah. it was like even if oh so he kind of blows like them off like it's almost like he's like stuck or not stuck but you'd have to retake the bar to work anywhere else yeah um so it's almost like like i didn't even think they're about almost that. like he's like, like stuck. even that's control yeah um obviously he can work other places in tennessee i guess but just kind of like you know again and i wonder like did they pick him I wonder what made them target him. Like, was it just... Because, I mean, they frame it as, like, whatever. He's, like, the top five in his class or something like that. Yeah, but why um, him and not the other four? Yeah, or, yeah, I wonder what... Or if they just... I don't... Like, like did they have, like, info or intel on him in advance that made them kind of target him? Or were they just, like, we'll just pick a top candidate and throw a bunch of money at him? Yeah, I don't know. They never really answer that question, do they? Yeah. So, he starts running, a basically, a racket with the secretary so there's another was it like a private investigator yeah i think because that happens he visits his brother in prison and then there's kind of a conversation about hiring a private investigator i forget if it was through the brother or not well he's like i need you to go see a guy right and his name's eddie lomax and it's gary Busey, and he's weird as heck. yeah <laughs> he's weird in everything he yeah does. he's just he's kind of an odd and his secretary dude. is holly hunter who is also random random but yeah. so great i yeah. love holly hunter and everything. yeah yeah i literally think i wrote down like oh my gosh if you close your eyes elastigirl is in this movie <laughs> <laughs> which i love um so he starts working with he's working with him to get his brother out and is asking him about the dead lawyers right. and all that stuff and then the two dudes that you kind of put together that the two guys that were on the boat with the diving accident that yeah. killed the other two lawyers show up to this private investigator's office and they shoot him like a million times. Well, and can I just say one thing about that? And I hate being like, I know a movie's a movie. It's obviously not true, but like they shot him 
They shot him three times and he continued to have a coherent conversation. <laughs> like they ask him a question and he doesn't give an answer that they like and they shoot him. And granted, like it wasn't, you know, it was in like his shoulder or whatever, yeah. but he wasn't even like answering kind of like, Ugh, like he was just like, yes, I don't have any information. It's like, dude, they just shot you. Yeah. Like, you have been And then shot. they shot him again and he continued to speak. After the third one, he started to get like right. a little breathy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just, I found that ironic. He's just really tough. Gary yeah. Busey is just really <laughs> like, tough. He's hardcore. And like the whole time, Holly Hunter's under his desk, which gross. Yeah. But um, and she's trying not to like yell or scream or anything like that. And he yeah. basically like dies at the desk and she's stuck under it. Yeah. But she contacts um Mitch, Tom Cruise's character, and basically like wants to help him. Yeah. Bag just these gets guys, herself basically. involved. So they start running a racket where she rents out an office because he he has to start copying documents for the FBI. Um to put them away but the copier is what you said is pretty standard but like you have to put in a billing code yeah so that they're billed for copies and he's like well crap now i can't do it because that's going to show up somewhere so they rent an office out like across the street um she it's literally just a room that she puts a copier in and they start basically like in the morning like just getting brief switching briefcases on an elevator um so she starts running that, but it still doesn't solve the problem that basically he's not going to have a career after this. Right. Like this is going to destroy his law career because yeah. he's breaking attorney client privilege. Exactly. So, and that's kind of what the FBI, like basically they're like, your only option is to help us. And if you do, you're going to have to go into witness protection. And yeah. he's like, so then I don't have a life and yeah. I don't have a job. And you have to cut off everybody, you know. Right. And he's like, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. So he figures out that, um, he starts figuring out that they've been overbilling clients for hours. Um, and that when they send the bills out through the mail, it becomes a federal offense. Yes. Which is insane. That which it's is like such a true. tiny, yeah. yeah, which is like a tiny little detail. Um, and so he starts trying to put all that information together to kind of put them away for something completely unrelated right. to what the FBI is investigating because that's legal and right. he'll get to keep his career. Yeah. Um, and his identity and all of that stuff. And it's an easier route to prove, whereas, like, a lot of the, like, mob-involved stuff, you know, it takes a lot because they're not stupid. So right. there's not a lot of documentation on things. So it takes a lot to prove that. Whereas this, it's like, well, these are the hours. This is what they got billed. Yeah. And uh, you're in accounting. You, you know. know. Exactly. Krista works in finance. She knows all about the numbers and the spreadsheets and all that jazz. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to account <laughs> have for to it. have to have support. That's right. Um, so basically, like, it, the whole end is, like, very convoluted. Everything kind of comes together. But Intense. his brother gets away. Or his brother gets released from prison. That was one of his stipulations of the FBI. So he gets released. Um, his wife finds out. Well, he tells his wife about his indiscretion on the beach. And yeah, which I was like, curious. I guess that's again kind of the like conf- it's yeah. better to confess than yeah. to be found be caught, out. Yeah. But, um, but so because they had pictures of him, right? And we're gonna they were blackmailing. They could have used it against. Him. Basically, he was getting blackmailed by the FBI and the firm. Pretty much, yeah. So he got had spot. A, yeah he had to come in from Poor both Tom. angles. Poor Tom, uh, always or on Mitch, the run. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but he uh, he basically like he gets all the documentation and he's basically calling all the shots. Um, but then the firm figures out what's happening. They're chasing him. That was what I remembered the most was the foot chase at the end. Okay. He's yeah. like running. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. 
the well the score is so like bang 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 yeah. bang 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 yeah. it's, like, you know, like, it's like this is how you feel I was going to start running yeah <laughs> it's just like 90s movie scores were so over the top yeah. like it was like this is how you will feel yeah. I will tell run, you run, how run. to feel run yeah. run run um but so he ends up getting away um he gets the documentation to the FBI um everybody lives happily ever after except for all the partners in the firm and um but the mob kind of gets off basically like they they don't get in trouble for anything and he's like the fbi guy is like well he's played by ed harris he's great um was kind of like yeah but the mob got away with it and he's like not my problem yeah yeah (laughs) seriously that's well, and he even problem. makes it almost like you can conti- like continue to, which I mean, it's probably is a little bit far fetched, but like, you know, like, well, now they're going to have to find different attorneys. So like, just continue to kind of follow the bouncing ball to yeah. un- all their law firm. But it's like, you're never going to undo every law office that would work right. with them. But, right. um, but his MO was just to get himself to have a normal life. And it wasn't yeah. really like, he's not trying to be the good guy and get the, the mob in trouble. He's just trying to get out. And yeah. that was really his only, and out. he was like, I don't. Like, yeah, he was like, you don't control me. The firm doesn't control me. Like, that's kind of yeah. like the last scene. Like, he was like, I'm in control of my life. And he and his wife end up, you know, uh, mending things. She finds out from Avery, who's played by Gene Hackman, who's gross in this movie. So gross. Um, yeah. Like, really gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, Finding out that they planted the girl on the beach that they took pictures of so that they could blackmail him and, like, all this I stuff. Knew it. And I know. You did. You knew it. Um, And she kind of goes and seduces him in the Cayman Islands so that they can get all of the paperwork mm-hmm. and blah 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 so she ends up helping out Mitch and um kind of comes around and so they live happily they drive back to Boston and I wrote in my notes um what an unfortunate life detour yeah really <laughs> it's like anyway back in Boston anyways back to Boston <laughs> after like, it's we just, like undid an entire firm right like it's just like they went down to Memphis for like what six months and like basically almost had their life completely changed and then just fixed it all and went back to Boston. Like it's just so random. Like, um, but yeah, so that's like the basic plot line. Um, I think like, let's just go through some of our notes here. I have a lot of notes. I wrote a lot of things down. Of course it was two and a half hours long. So there's plenty of time to write notes. Um, I do love that the score is just a piano. I wrote, it's the first one I wrote where literally (laughs) there's no orchestration. It's just a piano. piano. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Gene Triplehorn, yes. the actress who plays his wife, mm-hmm. I feel like she's somebody I'm supposed to know and that she was like a yeah, big deal. I need and to I look, never what else have is seen, she in? I have no idea, but don't you feel like people talk about her a lot? And not even so much the name, but just looking at her, I was like, I know her from other stuff. I wrote down But to, I can't, I feel like I have to look it up and see what else she's in. That She kind of has a Judy Garland look to her. She does. Like I kept yeah, thinking that call. when I was watching, I was like, she looks like. Uh, yeah like a different face shape but the features were kind of still there yeah um yeah i also thought it was interesting and i mean i guess but like even that he was married or like he must have been married young i guess yeah. um because he's i mean law school is only what like three years post undergrad so yeah um but it was like they they already seem like very like established for two yeah. people that would are obviously very young yeah, yeah, and yeah, like agree not really that. in their careers yeah just yet um, I love that all the furniture in their house was all floral yes. print and totally late 80s, early 90s. Oh, it was painful to look at. <laughs> it was really um, And not even like, I don't know, I feel like if a law firm, and maybe it's a different time, but if a law firm was going to provide, like it just seemed not even like 
I don't know, classy or professional, even for the time. Yeah, it or was like, just like very loud mm-hmm. and like multiple floral prints. Yeah. In like one not even room. matching. It was like, bleh. like wouldn't you, if you had to pick out furniture for somebody, wouldn't you go neutral? Pick like gray. Yeah. yeah. Like do you go I neutral or something like I that? Guess that was the thing at that time. Uh, I thought it was interesting. And it's funny. I didn't even realize that I wrote this down, but he tells him when he gets to the law office that everything depends on billing. Avery says that to him. Oh, really? And I I wrote that down because Tony always complains at the office about our lawyers. So gets, true. He always gets off the phone. And he's like, well, how much did that cost me? Yeah. Um, well, and that's why they have to type in the code to the copier. Like you'll yeah. see on legal, if you ever see legal bills, that it's like, like there is time for copies, for making copies. That's insane. And that's how they, that's how they know. So he's always like. Yeah, but like he says in the line, like everything depends on billing. He's like, I don't care if you're on a park bench, shaving, yeah. bill it, basically. And I'm like, and that was kind of the thing that undid them, which I think is interesting. Um, I talked, I wrote some, I just wrote plot points down because I was like, um, I'm not going to remember this. Yeah. And then I wrote down that they were killed on the boat and I forgot it when I was talking about it. So clearly that helped. So one thing with that that I wrote down was when he, so when they find out that he was killed, so him and his wife, like Mitch, Tom Cruise and his wife, go over or must have plans to go over to the house of another couple there was a guy in the firm and the other wife so the wife is like yes lamar the wife is very distraught at the fact that these people died and i don't now that i know like now knowing the conclusion and looking back is she distraught because she's fearful for her own husband or is she unaware of what really goes on and it's just like oh my gosh these people just died and they were young whatever accident yeah um but then they go out to the yard and Lamar is kind of sitting in like on a lawn chair or whatever yeah. out in his yard and the sprinkler's going off visibly hitting him and he's just in kind of this like complete daze like zoned yeah. out and just like it was very odd and even the music like it, it just it was like that was the moment to me when it's just like whoa it just got creepy yeah what's going on um it is very it's the creepiest scene in the whole movie probably it's very and he and he's not creepy otherwise like yeah. that's why i was like is he gonna become creepy but then other times in the movie he's fine yeah but that one moment but it was like is it because he's thinking like oh my gosh am i next or because they say everybody knows like it seemed like everybody but mitch being new they made it out like everybody everybody's aware of what goes on right. but i wonder um yeah it just that was a very or like creepy it, it's scene. like the like they nobody ever gets to leave it's, like yeah. i wonder if it's just like this realization of like yeah i'm stuck here like i can't get out yeah you know what i mean or like that's yeah, weird what if that's me i don't know but it was the music was very creepy it i'm, I'm very easily creepy. creeped out but the music was <laughs> made me afraid you were talking about the funeral earlier with the two guys and like you said um like his wife was there, but I wrote that she has a giant bow in her hair yes. at the funeral, but that is so nineties. It really is. I remember wearing giant bows. In I my definitely hair. did. Yeah. And it but was it's funny, like, but I'm like, but I was a kid in the nineties. So I feel like it was okay. And where she's like, but a grown it, adult. Yeah. But it's it, a bit of a bow for a funeral. I know. Maybe not. It was a black much. bow. It though, was at I least remember, black. So yeah. Maybe that's appropriate. Um, I wrote Avery Toller, who is Gene Hackman's character, is a serious creep. He started hitting on Tom Cruise's wife at the funeral. Yeah. And you're like, dude, first of all, you should not be hitting on her at all. Second of all, not at a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. So gross. Um, Tom Cruise's assistant in the movie is Margot Martindale. And I love her. (laughs) She is like randomly in stuff, and yeah. every time she's, she's I'm like, one oh, of those I love her. That shows up, yeah. yeah. I'm every time I'm like, I love her so much. Um, she is great. Um, 
I just have a lot of quotes in here that just made me laugh. Um, but he said he comes home. He's a workaholic. He's at the law firm all the time and his wife's getting upset, you know, and there's little things here and there, but he comes home like super late one night mm-hmm. and he's like, do you want some eggs? And she's like, I already had eggs. And he's like, you want some eggs naked? And I was like, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. I looked over at Krista and I was like, if somebody asked me that, I would be like, no, no I'm want- good. Yeah. <laughs> I want to eat them clothed. It's like, Thank how do you, you want your eggs? Fried, naked. scrambled, <laughs> naked? I don't know. <laughs> One of the things I noted, um, and this is just kind of not like a specific scene, but just in general, it's like you forget that cell phones weren't a thing then, you know? Oh, so yeah. like everything they're doing, like they're on pay phones and like on an office phone and um, you know, he has a beeper at yeah. one point and it's just like, it's like, wow, that time did exist that they're yeah. not, you know, you're not, and like then I thought like, would this reachable. have been easier with cell phones? And I thought, no, cause they'd probably tap his phone probably. And, uh, but you're like, yeah. you're not constantly like reachable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which is so crazy. Um, when they go down to the Grand Cayman Islands, they go to a Hyatt and the, I just wrote down that the uniforms were hilarious of the wait staff. They had on Hawaiian. Oh, Hawaiian shirts with giant shorts. Yes, yes. Giant white like culotte shorts, (laughs) and you're like, you're like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Like it's so, it's so over the like it's distracting. It's almost distracting. Which I'm like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I wrote. I just wrote down a lot of like plot stuff. Um, when he's when they're at the the townhouse condo whatever they're at in the cayman islands and he discovers the boxes with the files um gene hackman's character says being a tax lawyer is just a game yeah and there's so many like great lines that you're like oh it was kind of foreshadowing right right you know what i mean like and it's like he's having this whole conversation with him in the other room while he's looking at the boxes which is so stressful because you're like just get out of the closet i had that in my notes i'm like don't look at the files when he's there like kind of make the note of like okay this is where they are yeah check that out later like he's like opening the boxes and pulling them out and i was like what are you doing he's literally all he's doing is come around the corner and see you there yeah oh it stresses there's a lot of scenes in this that are kind of stressful um I know you said you haven't seen Cocktail, but there's a lot about this movie that reminded me of Cocktail and not the, oh. not the bad stuff, but like Cocktail opens with him going through a bunch of job interviews at the beginning and then they go to a place in the Caribbean. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of like similar like yeah, yeah. Uh, things, which was kind of funny. Um, when he walks out on the beach, I said, Tom Cruise looks like Prince Eric on the beach with his flowy white shirt. <laughs> his dark hair i was like he looks like prince eric from the little mermaid oh my um and then of course there's the sex scene on the beach with mm-hmm. the woman and i literally looked over at krista and i was like all i can think about is all of that sand in <laughs> so everything. uncomfortable it's like ew <laughs> like everywhere just <laughs> like it just grosses what me a mess. out i know um i wrote randomly that his hair is especially curly slash wavy in this movie did you pick up on that like in the it's back longer yeah i guess i mean yeah i guess that was just like the time for guys to have like longer like, hair on the top i don't know well but like in some of the mission impossibles like he has longer hair but it's straight so i'm like are you straightening it for those movies is your oh, hair gosh, naturally curly not. did you curl it for this one <laughs> like was he in the makeup trailer like with a with curling, curling iron? iron that would be a bit much <laughs> hopefully not it's the humidity of the islands oh yes, that's what it is. oh it is you're that's probably right 
Um, do you have any notes up through this, through the Cayman Island stuff? Um, I had some, so I had about the, which we mentioned already about was she placed there to blackmail him. Um, and I think, I think we covered most of the stuff that I have not looking at the files while the guy's in there. Um, yeah, I think that's about, it's all you had written down. Covered um, so far. I loved the lines. So he goes to visit his brother in prison and he's talking to him and you could tell he's distraught. Yeah. And he says, wouldn't it be funny if I went to Harvard and you went to jail and we both ended up surrounded by crooks? And I was like, "Ugh, what a great line. It, it really is. Like that was it's a so great true. line. There's I was like, everywhere. oh my gosh, I loved it. Um, I'm just going to say it again because I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. I love Holly Hunter. Close your eyes and Elastigirl is in this movie. Like it's <laughs> so funny. I love it. Yeah. Um, I wrote Gary Busey is crazy. The scene where he gets shot a million times is crazy. Yes. <laughs> like, everything about his character is nuts. Um, I, let's see here. Oh, I said the FBI is investigating the law firm and has been for four years. What a crap thing to find out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just did a good job and you're like, the FBI is like, like the wrong firm. Yeah, we've been investigating them for four years. Like, really? Oh like, why wouldn't somebody reach out to him before he takes the job and be yeah. like, dude, don't work there. Maybe don't. Um, let's see here. Oh, it's a good, they, they do drop a little like connection that Gary Busey's character was cellmates with Mitch's brother. And that's the connection. Like, that's how we knew the guy. Oh, so he's kind of oh, shady. That. Like Gary Busey's character was, I mean, in he prison. seemed a little shady. Can you, I don't know. It's like crazy. Even his like office you, was a little like, oh, okay. Yeah. You get out of prison and you decide you want to be a private investigator. That seems weird. I guess. I don't know. Or it's like, it's like people that, you know, like former criminals who now help the FBI, like catch, it's like, catch me if you can. You know what I mean? Oh, I yeah, guess yeah, you yeah. would know how to find people. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, yeah, maybe you're just a little more in tune or you know people. Um, when I thought this was so good, this is like a really great line. When he tells his wife that um, he cheated on her, mm. he says it didn't mean anything. And she says, like, hell, it didn't. It means everything. And I was like, boom. So true. Drop. It is. Like, yeah. he's like, I didn't even know her name. And like, I'm like, that doesn't make it better. Yeah. Like, what about that makes it better? Like, well, oh. if anything, it kind of makes it worse because it's yeah. like, well, if you had like a relationship and then it just kind of happened, but it's like you literally just walked up to this woman on the beach <laughs> that you don't even like, know. What? Yeah. Um, and then I loved the I think he's the private investigator for the firm, but he has a line where he says, I get paid to be suspicious when I when I got nothing to be suspicious about. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's also a really that was great a good line. One. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really good. And then we were dying laughing. He meets Ed Harris, the FBI guy, at a Greyhound racing track. There's like yes. Greyhounds. And there's literally a bone. Does that really happen? I don't know. I wrote, I mean, is I've that, never been to dog races. I said, races, is that how that works? There's no way that that, that like they would. Just, and it wasn't, even, it didn't even look real. It was like a, like a no, white, like, like a paper rubber or drawn bone. Like yeah. It wasn't, like, and it was on this like track that was going yeah, along. And there's they were no all way that that's after, what's making them run. I'm like, how is that? How is that possible? Um, and then, of course, the foot chase at the end, I think, is probably what most people remember about the movie. I think yeah. it's kind of what it's like famous for. But, of course, it's Tom Cruise running again. He runs yeah. in every loves movie. Run. He loves to run. He's a runner. He loves to run. Um, and he's but, all sweaty and his hair's bouncing everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what Especially happens. when he's hiding from the guy. Oh, that scene is so intense when he yes. like, I'm like, dude, if you're running from people, don't go into a building. Yeah. Where you're going to get trapped. Yeah. What was he thinking? I was wondering about that. Like, just keep running. You've got a, in a dead pretty end room. large lead on these guys. Yeah. Just keep running. What yeah. is wrong with you? 
so he gets he runs into this building and he has to like hide above these pipes and he's like sweating half to death and like i'm like oh my gosh but the piano score in that scene is over the top it's a bit much it's like bang, 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 yeah. bang, 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 and it's not even like a melody it's just like it feels like somebody's like just banging randomly hitting keys. keys yeah <laughs> like it's just and then you're like i'm stressed because it's not actually music yeah like there's just a lot going on but do you have any other notes that you wrote down that you'd like to chat about? I had a whole thought, which obviously didn't come to fruition, but when Avery, Gene Hackman's character, is inviting his wife to the Cayman Islands, I didn't know where that was going. I was curious if he was, like, was he really inviting her because he was interested in her or whatever? Or was it, like, getting her down there, like, to kill her to get back at Mitch, at Tom Cruise's character? Ew, I like, I wasn't really that. sure where that was going and if that but then i thought the only thing that made me think that wasn't the case was just it was further along in the movie and i was like that would be a whole other plot line right and <laughs> they kill his wife and now he retaliates or whatever right. so i was like probably not but but you're like i didn't but really it, know but it is two and a half hours long so could be another plot I know. line. yeah um and they mentioned so they mentioned that avery um ends up dying in like drowns in his bathtub but they never show um, well, how does that happen well so here's the thing so i mean so I guess we should. So she obviously she gives him slips him some drugs in she his drug that kind of yeah. knocks him out. So that makes sense in that line. But he was coherent when she left. So is that I guess they just like knock him off um, oh. because he messed. That's how I took it that he he messed up. Let and I feel like away. he almost kind of even when she was there and they kind of come to the realization of what she was doing and what he was doing. And it's like, oh, like, you know, my bad kind yeah. of a thing. Um I wonder, and they were, and he knew they were coming. Like, I wonder if they, like, if it was like, well, obviously you can't do this. And now she knows too much because of you. So you're yeah. done. And then that's just oh, how that's it true, got cause framed. Oh, that's true. Because you do know that people are coming to get right. her. Yeah. And, and he, he kind of had this look of like, it was almost like he knew like I'm done. Yeah. Like that's the end of me. Yeah. Um, Which has got to be an awkward. But he was nice and told her, he's like, you need to get out of here. Yeah. Like he's at least redeeming. He had a little bit redemption there. Yeah, the he wasn't. I was wondering if he was like, was he like totally manipulating Mitch the whole time? Which I mean, obviously he was as part of the firm, but he wasn't. He wasn't like to it was like almost like they had some type of a relationship that then, you know, he wanted to do right by him to some right. extent, even though he invited his wife down to the came. Yeah. Just like, to cheat have an affair, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever details, just details. details. Um, I also thought I think at the end, obviously, when he's taking the whole angle of the the mob um you know of having it be this whole billing issue to not yeah. have the mob and he kind of presents himself to the two like lead guys yeah as kind of being on their side and i'm gonna help you out and whatever because you know you don't want you don't want to be the face that that messed up things with the mob or messed right. up something they had going so he kind of just takes this total different angle like he's helping them yeah and just doesn't even address any of the mob related things that went on like as if he's just totally ignorant to that right. i thought that was a that's kind of genius that move. was genius yeah it but, was really uh, really smart i agree it was really <laughs> the only way to keep him it's free but like it's well again it was like he was doing what was best for him yeah not necessarily what was right or i don't know like he wasn't out there to like be the right guy you know no he was just trying to get himself out of a rough situation right and that he got that into. he could go on right but he wasn't trying to like save the world which is ironic because a lot of tom cruise movies he's trying to save the world yeah and but, he's not a bad guy he's just not the good guy no yeah he's not trying to you help know? everybody he's like i gotta do what's right for me which is yeah. understandable i get it i get it so he was in between a rock and a hard place there wasn't really like a great decision he no. found like the one way out it's a good movie yeah. um all right i got some trivia 
Oh boy. You got lots of trivia facts. Oh boy. Um, Holly Hunter is on screen for a total of five minutes and 59 seconds. That's it. Really? One of the shortest performances ever nominated for an Oscar. So she was nominated for an Oscar. Isn't that shocking? I'm not shocked that she was nominated, but I'm shocked that that, that's her total time on screen. Because she does seem like a more centralized character. She's in 20 scenes for an average of 18 seconds per scene. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, I thought this was fun. Halle Berry auditioned for the role of the young woman on the beach who seduces Mitch. Could you imagine if we watched really? the movie with Halle Berry? You were like, oh, Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah, because that it was like a no-name person. Like, I didn't oh, recognize yeah. who that girl was. No. But I guess at the time, probably Halle, Halle Berry, Berry probably wasn't But it'd be either, funny yeah. now to look back. Yeah. Oh, oh that's gosh, funny. Oh, my gosh, Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a funny, funny fact. Um, except for the sporadic soundtrack songs, the entire movie score is created solely on a piano. <laughs> there you go. You <laughs> which, said that. Yeah. Which you can obviously tell. Um, let's see here. So this I think is fascinating. And I think I would have loved this movie even more if they had done this. But one of director Sidney Pollack's original intentions was to have Mitch McDear, Tom Cruise's character, have an affair with Avery Toller, which is Gene Hackman. Oh. But the character was to be changed into a woman and played by Meryl Streep. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that have been fascinating? That would have been great. But I was like, that would have been an interesting twist. Yeah. Um, Robin Wright turned down the part later taken by Gene Triplehorn. So it was almost Robin Wright. Oh. Um, which would have been interesting. And I would have known who that was. Sure. Gene Triplehorn, not so much. Yeah, I need to look her. I, but I know her. She's in something I know. Well, I just feel like it's a name that but I, I don't heard. see. I don't know the name, but I know the face. Really? I kind of know the name, but that wouldn't bring as much of a bell for me as looking at her. And I'm like, what else is she in? Yeah. Um, the first of three adapted John Grisham novels that Gene Hackman would star in. Um, he was oh. he would he was also in The Chamber in 1996 and Runaway Jury in 2003. Um, obviously, none of which I have read or seen. Yeah. Um. This film was one of two adaptations from a John Grisham novel released in 1993, the other being The Pelican Brief. Have you seen The Pelican Brief? I feel like I did a very long time ago, but I need to see it again because I couldn't tell you anything about it. It's really good. It's Denzel and Julia Roberts. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's good stuff. It is slow. Yeah. And the score is very similar to the one in the first. <laughs> ding, oh, ding, the ding, 90s. Ding, ding, ding. Just a bunch of piano. Yeah. Like. Um, but it is a really, really good story. All right. Um, it's highly suggest. Uh, this was the third highest grossing film in 1993. Really? Which is crazy. Do you know what one and two were? No idea. Darn. We'll have to look it up. Just curious. Just curious. 93. Um, Charlie Sheen was considered for the part of Mitch McDeer. Really? Oh, man. That I can't see. I can't see it either. It's kind of weird. Um, the film cast includes two Oscar winners, Gene Hackman and Holly Hunter. And five Oscar nominees, Tom Cruise, David Strathairn, Hal Holbrook, Gary Busey, and Ed Harris. So it's quite yeah, the award-winning quite the cast. cast. Yeah. Um, I think this is weird. When the movie was first released on VHS in December of 1993, the cassettes were blue. Oh. Isn't that weird? I wonder I, why. I vaguely remember having some VHS tapes that were just like randomly different colors, yeah. but it was always like had something to do with the movie. Like, yeah, I was going to say like, like, what is this? What does the color have anything I don't to know. do with it? But like, like, I, I feel like I had a Nickelodeon movie that was like orange. orange yeah. yeah. Something weird like that. But why would this but be I don't, blue? I don't know. Interesting. Um, Tom Cruise's character has a brother named Raymond. 
This was also the case in Rain Man. Oh, true. That's his brother's name, so I thought that was interesting. Um, it's the second collaboration between Tom Cruise and Margot Martindale. They previously appeared in Days of Thunder together, which I have not seen Days oh, of Thunder. I haven't seen that either. And now I'm exponentially now more excited. Because you like her. Because I love Margot Martindale. <laughs> love it. Um, and then this is an interesting trivia fact. In the book, Tom Cruise's character actually dies. Really? Yeah. And so they, John Grisham agreed to change the ending for the movie because the director was like, I think people are going to be ticked if they've invested two and a half hours into this character and then he he just dies. So they, so they just, I guess they just ultimately get him and kill him. I guess so. I guess, I guess in the foot chase in the end, like maybe like the files are still like released to the the FBI. Like he still gets the, like he still, yeah, but he's, but he ends up dying for the cause or whatever. I don't know, but I thought that was hmm. interesting that John Grisham was like, yeah, it's fine. You can change it that he lives. Yeah, there's the a lot. A lot of movies are like that, that they don't like books can end very depressing. But, but I, why? Don't. Why are we more? OK, I know. With that as I have a, no idea. In that medium, we're like, oh, if he dies in the book, no big deal. But like, I don't know. Don't if it's do it in the movie. Yeah. If there's like an actor attached to it, like you feel more. It feels more real or I don't know. I don't know what the what the yeah. cause behind that is. But it's strange. It is weird. Interesting fact. So if you had to rate it on a scale of one to ten, what would you give oh, it? Oh, man. Um, like one being like the worst movie you've ever seen and ten being your favorite. I would give it probably like a six or a seven, I would yeah, say. I would say I mean, six. I don't think it's like the best movie I've ever seen in my life, but I wasn't, especially with it being as long as it was, like I wasn't like, oh my gosh, like get this over with. Right. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't painful to watch. Like I enjoyed it. I was, I was intrigued yeah. by the storyline and so. I thought I th- it's a good role for the Tom- acting yeah good. I think yeah, I agree the dialogue's really good I think there's a lot of good and the story's like complex but not convoluted like it's like you're not yeah. having a hard time following it but there's a lot going on yeah which I always appreciate because sometimes you watch stuff and you're like wait what yes like, no what and that's totally and there are so many times that I'm like Krista pay attention pay attention <laughs> and not that I don't pay attention but it's like then you don't get every little thing yeah and I don't like when I have to like it's hard work to watch a movie. Yeah. Like it should be entertaining and enjoyable. Right. So yeah, I would agree that it was a good balance of Yeah. And you um, called like two things. I'm telling you, it's not me at all. <laughs> I'm always the one that everybody's like, that was so predictable. And I'm like, I know. And meanwhile I was sitting there like, What? <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't not, see that coming at all. Yeah. So I'm I'm proud of myself. Well, good for you. Um yeah, I would say six is probably pretty good. And then the audience score was sixty four percent. So that's that's fall, falls sense. in line. Um, but I think, I think it's a good role for Tom Cruise. I think that, um, this would have been right after a few good men, a few good men came mm-hmm. out in 92. Um, and he was kind of really into that, like playing that hot shot. Yeah. Like young professional, like whatever. For it. Yeah. yeah. And he does have to look for it. Um, but he also plays that like, um, not naive, but like. He's young. Yeah. So like he's still shocked by stuff. And yeah, still, not like, as jaded yet or not as like scathed yeah. against people. And I think like it was just a good role for him because it is kind of like it's not really like action packed, but there is the foot chase at the end. Yeah. Um, But it kind of allowed him to kind of play a, a, a range of emotions, I think. Yeah. Like, throughout the movie. Um, But yeah, it's an interesting I feel like. It's probably one of his better early movies yeah but i don't think people remember it no definitely not 
I don't know why. It's a good movie. I don't know. I guess everybody kind of like once he started doing Mission Impossible, I feel like that's He's what everybody like, that's, associates him that's with. All or Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is so good. Um, and that came out three years after this. Oh, really? I would have thought you, it was much later. No. Do you know that Jerry Maguire in the first Mission Impossible came out in the same year? Really? Yeah. I would have put, if you just asked me, I would have put Jerry Maguire. I would have said like late 90s, like early 2000s. Like 99? Yeah. It came out in 96. Wow. Yeah. Right. So did the first Mission Impossible. Interesting. Big year for Tom Cruise. 1996. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that was like a very career. It's like he was like in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Like if you had to pick one. I don't know that. I I mean, I don't know that I know. I feel like I haven't seen enough to really pick. And I'm not good at thinking through all of them. (laughs) I mean, I would probably say maybe. I mean, the first Mission Impossible, I think, was really good. So good. And I really enjoyed it. Here's I just thought of this. Here's a random fun fact. So I when I went to see I don't remember what year this is, but a long time ago, I went to see Wicked on Broadway with my friend and Tom Cruise was there. What? In the audience. And we were sitting up in the balcony or like the mezzanine, whatever it was, near the front. And you can see everybody was kind of motioning towards like a certain section. And we were just like, what's going on? Like somebody must be over there that, yeah. that's famous or whatever. And all of a sudden this guy, he's not very tall, stood yeah. up and waved and everybody clapped. And I still was like, I can't tell who that is. And my friend said, oh my gosh, it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> so then of course everybody rushed him. Um, and then like after intermission, he was clearly in a different seat because you look down and that seat was empty. So he probably got like bombarded and was like, and I'm going to move. Yeah. But I'm um, in like a box seat. But yeah, yeah. So I saw Wicked with Tom Cruise. Oh, my gosh. Random fun you. fact. That is fun. That's a perfect fun fact for a Tom Cruise podcast. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. What year was that? I don't remember. It was like Wicked was fairly new. Did you see Not it with su- Idina and Kristen? Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. But yeah, but I, I can't put a year on it. Yeah, my friend had gotten tickets from her boss. I forget the circumstances, but it was just... But I remember it, it was like all the rage at the time and the fact that she got tickets. It was like, oh my gosh, we're going. But I don't... Yeah, I'd have to think... I mean, it had to have been new if Tom Cruise was there. Yeah. They always go in the um, early... And well, and Joey McIntyre was in it too at the time, I think. Oh, really? As Fierro? Yeah. Interesting. I'm pretty sure. You saw Idina and Kristen. I can't... So may, with Tom Joe, Cruise, were they in it? Were they in it with Joey McIntyre? I don't I honestly don't now. remember. Um, I know Kristen wasn't in it for like a terribly long time. Yeah, but uh, no, it was fantastic. Oh my gosh, you've witnessed a Broadway show, one of the most popular Broadway shows of our with generation Tom with Tom Cruise. And my dad yells, "Hey, buddy!" to him across Hollywood right. Boulevard. I have a lot of weird Tom Cruise like connections. Like he knew all along. He's been following it. Maybe someday he'll be on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Would you die? Could you imagine? I'll bring you back and you'd be like, I saw Wicked with you. <laughs> exactly. Remember me? I was in the, me- remember I was in the me? mezzanine. I was waving from the mezzanine. <laughs> you don't remember me? Weird. Like, of course, Krista. Yeah. <laughs> I totally remember you. How are you? How have That's you been? hilarious. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. This was so fun. It was. I know. I'm having so many fun out of town people on my podcast recently You're and I'm global. all about it. I'm going global. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who knows where I'll be next? <laughs> My, 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 baby, you're my cup of tea.